0: Hello, baseball and umpire fans, and welcome to The Leading Edge, where we talk with umpires about umpiring and look to cover topics on both sides of the plate. Joining us on this episode is a man who's done over 15 Baseball Canada National Championships, works within the communications portfolio with the Baseball Canada Umpire Program, and is right out of la belle province, Philippe Lamoureux. Topics to cover are how he got into umpiring, some of the fantastic people he's met along the way, the Baseball Quebec Umpire Program, and how he once wore base pants on the plate at a national championship. So sit back, relax, get ready. It's coming. Is this thing on? Yep. Yep. It is awesome. Hello, baseball and umpire fans, and welcome back to another episode of The Leading Edge, where we talk with umpires about umpiring and look to cover topics on both sides of the plate. Well, what can we say? It's the bottom of the seventh inning here on The Leading Edge, in amateur baseball, in doubleheaders of Major League Baseball in 2020. The bottom of the seventh inning typically represents the end of the game. Don't worry. This is not the last episode for season one here on The Leading Edge. We still have a bunch of episodes to go, so keep tuning in. But while we're talking about tuning in, I really do want to thank all the listeners who send their comments, feedback, encouragement to not only myself, but to the guests here in The Leading Edge for sharing their stories. Without people tuning in and showing such a great camaraderie and family of umpiring, this show wouldn't really exist. So thank you for tuning in every episode and really encouraging people to share their story because there's some fantastic umpire stories from right across this great country that we have. And without people listening, there'd be no reason to really get up here and share them. Now on our last episode, right out of British Columbia, a member of the 1991 gold medal winning Baseball Canada World Youth Championship team, Blaise LeVay. Blaze shared with us some fantastic stories about that 1991 tournament in Brandon, Manitoba. Some of his experiences playing elite level baseball and more importantly how he's made that transition from being a baseball player to an umpire on the national level so before we get going here's an excerpt of what you might be missing or what you might have caught on that last episode
1: uh, so I grew up in Kamloops, British Columbia, big baseball town. Yeah. Well, the year I played Canada games, it was, it was U21 and probably one of the best baseball experiences I've ever had. Just the Canada games was, uh, was pretty special. We went from Regina and we hopped on the bus and went to Kindersley, Saskatchewan. The One thing that I remember from that is, is on the bus from Regina to Kindersley, you know, it was dark and, and all of a sudden the bus just pulls over and I kind of look up the aisle, the aisle and, and I see the bus driver reach underneath his uh, seat and he pulls out like a snow scraper and it's, just july um, you know we had a couple of big leaguers on that team um you know stubby Clapp was our leadoff hitter he made quite a career for himself you know he made it to the big leagues as a player and then now he's kind of working his way back up as a as a coach and manager you know he's been managing in the in the minor leagues the last few years and now as a as a base coach with the cardinals so also jason dixon you know obviously ended up having himself a big league career and now is uh you know the president of our our association with baseball canada it was it was a, just a big athletic team. Like our shortstop uh, Todd Betts was just a one of the best hitters I've ever played with. Jason Collins in the outfield, who was the same thing, just big, strong, athletic guy. Uh, B.J. Richardson, our center fielder, was about six four. Frankly, it turned out to just be full of kids who really didn't know any better. I don't know what it's like everywhere else, but here we, we seem to have a lot of really talented young guys coming up. know, guys and girls, and and I think that just speaks to the program that you know Stephen. It's it was such a it's just such a cool system that they have and that 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 was developed here in in bc and something that i'm proud to be part of you know something that i I really want to be part of going forward
0: well before you move forward blaze i just want to thank you for coming on the show and being a guest here on the leading edge and sharing some of the memories from the past and really reminiscing about the 1991 world youth championship team with baseball canada remember it's the only baseball canada team to ever win a gold medal at an international championship so it's quite the feat Now, I don't want to brag here, but I did send this to Stubby Clap via Twitter, and he replied, and this was his reply. One of the most fun times of my life. Definitely the first time I understood what it meant to play for something bigger than myself. Blaze, your memories for the last hour has made me smile bigger than you will ever know. I hope our paths cross again sometime. Thanks for our time. Now, to add one more, Stubby did reply back to a story that was shared in the episode, so I recommend you go back and listen to it. And he says... I'll brag on Blaze, crushed it to left field. There goes your contract, Kenny. That was a catalyst for our tourney. I never heard or thought anyone would talk back to anyone from USA. But Blaze made it okay to be ourselves, and that made it okay to believe in ourselves. Stubby, thanks for sharing some of your perspectives and memories from the 91 World Championship team. Really appreciate that. And Blaze, again, thanks for coming on the show and sharing with us some of your memories You know, bragging on baseball Canada programs, whether it comes from an umpire perspective or a player perspective, we think it's a really neat opportunity that we have as umpires and some of the players that we never know who we're going to cross. So my recommendation for every umpire out there is always work your best. You never know who you're going to umpire in front of or who's playing in front of you because this game is filled with lots of memories. And in 30 years, you never know what stories you're going to be talking about here on The Leading Edge. Okay, I know you're done. You want me to move on to this episode and start talking about the past? So without further ado, I'm proud to bring on our first guest from La Belle Provence, an homme qui mange la poutine et le Saint-Hubert pour la déjeuner le dîner puis le souper, Philippe Lamoureux. Philippe, welcome. Bienvenue au Leading Edge. Thank
2: you for the invitation.
0: Well, the pleasure is all mine, Philippe. You are technically our 15th guest, our first guest from Quebec. That means that this is the seventh province that we've been able to hit. So really working towards making this show coast to coast and profiling umpires from all over the country. At this point, the only thing we have to do is get into some of the other maritime provinces, such as Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, and the Atlantic province of Newfoundland and Labrador. So once again, Philippe, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. So, Philip, one of the first things we do here at The Leading Edge is we like to give the umpire the opportunity to defend themselves as a player. So share with us your baseball playing history.
2: My playing career in baseball was pretty short. Uh, I played all the way to mosquito ball. I was a catcher, decent defensive catcher. My best asset was my voice, (laughs) where my coach would tell me to just keep screaming until our batters would get walks. After that, I stopped playing. And I started playing roller hockey in the summer. After that, one summer, I kind of worked as a
0: scorekeeper
2: for a team that didn't have one and uh, moved on to umpiring a few summers after that. I've been umpiring ever since. Started playing softball again a few years ago. Family team, mostly, composed of brothers of my girlfriend, cousins, uncles, and most of them have have uh, A lot of baseball experience. Fairly high level for the league we're playing in. It's a lot of fun and it's a a nice way to be all together. That's my uh, playing experience. What's the team name? Les SSJ, because we bought an old set from the local AA uh, team, and uh, that's their name, so we stuck with their name. Les SSJ. We were called the Dodgers last year, wanted to switch, but then the Dodger team... uh, Joined the league this year and the president, was a friend of mine, asked uh, that uh, we switch uh, names. So we went back to our old Liz Associés name.
0: Les that sounds pretty good. A lot better than the Dodgers. Better than the Lamaru <laughs> Mafia, I think. Yeah. A little more original. So what position do you play on your softball team?
2: Uh, originally played second base. Managed to be okay defensively. My bat wasn't very good and we needed a catcher so went back to my old thumping grounds <laughs> and I've heard, the, I've heard the umpires saying they appreciate having me in front of them I try to block the ball as much as I can so and I think I'm doing okay there
0: do you still use your voice as much as you did before
2: oh my team knows when there's an out recorded <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it but speaking of using your voice one of the things that umpires like to do is of course use our voices so share with us how did you get into umpiring
2: I got into umpiring. We were playing ball out on the street, like old uh, tennis ball and some wooden bat with fads we would find somewhere. And uh, somebody was going around recruiting umpires for the city of Laval. One of my friends said, oh, I'll sign up. I like baseball. He was still playing. and I was like, hey, I like baseball too. And I think uh, I know the game. I'd like to do that. I have a good voice, fairly good size. First year, signed up, went to a clinic, ran by Mr. Stéphane Chrétier, uh who is better known now in the business world as the owner of Gardo World. Wow. Uh, the big security firm. Yes. So uh, he was my first boss in baseball. My <laughs> first conductors actually saw him again this summer. Uh, it was uh, quite impressive to meet him again and tell him that I've been umpiring for 25 years. And I'm proud to say that he was one of my first conductors. So that's how I started my career. Umpired a few games. My first summer, uh, really enjoyed it. Then kept going second year, more experience, you know, start going up the ranks, uh, third year, fourth year, uh, 1999 was probably the year that I broke out really into umpiring, uh, got to meet a lot of tremendous umpires from Laval. Uh, one evening I was working with a few of them and afterwards, uh, they were all going for an ice cream and, uh, somebody asked me, uh, if I wanted to join them for ice cream after. And I was like, sure, it'd be my pleasure. And uh, we went for an ice cream and, uh, I just hang out with everybody That summer, every day, we would meet after the games. We would call, where where are we going? We're meeting up. Uh, That friend, Catherine Lensey, probably changed my life. He invited me there, and we've been close ever since. She stopped umpiring. I kept doing it. I got to meet people like uh, Jason Hutchingame, who had a tremendous effect on me. He taught me the game. He taught me how to umpire, but he taught me the game uh, more than anything else, which I think is more important than knowing how to umpire at some point so stuck around with them we hanged out for many years learned the game learned learned to umpire and i'm forever thankful to them because that year was very tough i actually lost my mom uh, to cancer in 98 uh, when i was 16 so uh, i didn't really know what i wanted to do after that Uh, it was a tough year in my life for some reason the night my mom died in laval at the hospital i walked out of the hospital i needed a break took a walk outside and ended up on a baseball field and i was I, I liked baseball at that point I knew that umpiring was something I liked but I think there was a sign right there that told me like this is where you need to go after that that can change uh, inviting me to hang out with them and uh making new friends and uh it really changed my my life at that point and i've been thankful for that ever since because I don't know where I would have been if it wasn't for that really life-changing experience and just fell in love with it and just kept going and working hard step by step not trying to climb the ladder and overstepping anything really taking my time and then I had, a lot of people have great influence on me somebody by the name of jeff I'm umpire from Laval also jeff made it all the way world view championships he was one of my first supervisors also uh, he actually showed me how i should put on my belt something <laughs> stupid like that you know he went came to supervise me one day and i was struggling to put on my belt with my ball bags and every time i put on my belt now I think about him and I even say that in clinics, you know, with small details like that, that supervisors will have an influence on you and help you to, to climb up that ladder. That's the story pretty much of my career. And I've just been climbing and, you know, taking one step at a time. One day I was like, hmm, be fun to do a provincial championship. Ended up doing a provincial in 99 and a second one. Struggle in my first championship, I ended up with a very bad assignment, but, you know, I love the experience. And I think that's that's what everybody likes about it is the, the, the camaraderie that and you, you find people that share the same interests that you
0: have. That's
2: what I found mostly
0: uh, in baseball. Well, Philip, that's quite the story. And I think baseball has that effect on people and on society that we can take those tragic moments in our lives and use baseball and really get away. And that is one of the beautiful things about the game. Now, you mentioned the camaraderie. I think that's really important. That's the whole premise of the show is what really brings us together as umpires across this country. I mean, we've talked already that you're the first guest from Quebec. I'm fortunate enough that I've had the opportunity to go coast to coast and talk to people. The camaraderie is what's the most important thing, and I think a lot of people will agree to that. And you mentioned the assignment. You didn't have a good assignment in that first tournament, but assignments mean very little. Obviously, you've grown as an umpire because your resume, you've gone from a Pee Wee National Championship up to a Senior National Championship. And you've also been a part of the Baseball Canada T12 program. And it's rather impressive. And it's not about the assignments, in my opinion, that mean anything. It's about the memories that are made and the camaraderie that's made. But one question I have, can you remember the type of ice cream you had that first night?
2: (laughs) It was probably one of those twirls, two colors, you know, I like the vanilla and chocolate one. I moved on I moved on to a parfait now. Uh Dairy Queen is uh, my spot and that's <laughs> actually where I saw uh, Mr. Stefan Crétier this summer. After my girlfriend's uh, little cousin, uh, first rally cap uh, practice, the whole family was there. I think we were like 20. We had a whole cheering section for him. Went for an ice cream after his practice. And uh, I'm out there eating my ice cream and I see a nice Porsche showing up. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> that's cool. Nice Porsche, like truck. Lady comes out of the truck with a mask on. Of course, now with COVID, we're wearing, wearing masks and it's yeah. his guard on the side. So I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. You know, they probably know Stefan. Passenger door opens. Who comes out? Stefan Crétis steps out. My girlfriend tells me I was shaking when I met him and I was, you know, we were just talking for five minutes. So ice cream is always good after a good baseball game.
0: (laughs) No question. But again, it's back to the camaraderie. People might leave the umpiring world for other professional endeavors or whatever. It's amateur sports, what it is. But it's the camaraderie and the friendships that are made in... Mr. Cretier, I would assume, he gave you the five minutes to talk. He knows what it is to be part of the brotherhood, or I don't like to say brotherhood, what it is to be part of the family of umpiring.
2: Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, and he was uh, he was probably taken back that somebody, after so many years, because he stepped away from baseball, you know, through so many years, and that somebody still remembered him from that, where he's mostly known now in the business world, right? I think he was uh, pretty happy
1: about
0: that. Umpires, they have an effect on our life, whether they know it or not. <laughs> <laughs> now, moving on, let's talk about some of your on field experiences. Any memorable provincial championships? Do you remember your first one?
2: All right. So, my first provincial was uh, a PWAA back in uh, 1999 at uh, Parc Cheney. It was a big event. We had rain. I was fortunate enough to work with two of my very good friends, one of them being Catherine, who was a tremendous umpire, uh, supervised by one of my uh, mentors, Jason Hutchingame and uh, Danny Perrault. We had an amazing weekend with umpires from uh, two other regions. I was like, this is the best moment of my life. I'm on top <laughs> of the world. I'm umpiring provincial peewees. It's going to be the best thing ever. Yeah, moved on from that.
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh,
2: and, uh, you know, I learned I learned a lot just, just there. Right there, I learned so many life lessons, getting to meet people, how to manage a weekend, uh, you know, managing your energy, Managing your sleep, managing your food you're eating, but mostly as you said, it, it was meeting people and just working hard. Working hard to to give the best service you can because every game is important to those players. Like they they work hard to get to those tournaments. They, des- they deserve the best out of us. And uh, I took every game seriously. But you know what? The best moment of that weekend was during a rain delay. There was a football field between the two fields we were playing at. Umpires, we had nothing to do, took out a football and went and played football in the mud. Everybody was looking at us. They were like, okay, these guys are crazy, but they're having a blast. And I think that's one of the best moments I had at at that tournament. Otherwise, a few notable provincials I worked among one of them was uh, the Quebec Games. Got to umpire the Quebec Games, which is a bit like the Canada Games, but at the provincial level. So every... You know, sport is, uh, is featured. It was in Luchine, an area in Montreal. Uh, got to umpire there with uh, other tremendous umpires. Some of them went on to have a uh, you know a nice career. I got supervised by two amazing umpires and supervisors, Stéphane Durocher and Serge Leroux. Both of them had supervised at, uh, I supervised at Nationals, actually, afterwards or before that. So uh, we had an amazing weekend and ended up working the uh, gold medal game with uh, Jason, working the first base on that game. And it was live on TV. Oh, cool. So I'm there in 2001. So I'm 19 years old. I'm working a TV game live on RDS, which is the mm. French DSN. Yes. The game is called by two MLB analysts, uh, Mr. Denis Casavant and uh, Roger Brilotte. Roger yep. Brilotte was a legend here in yes. Quebec. He's famous for screaming, Bonsoir, et les partis! You know, for people who listen or watch baseball games in French. And the funny thing is that their spot, because they didn't have a press a uh, press box for that game. Like, it was a local field, a bit of stands around it. A lot of people. You're actually standing on the third base dugout. That's where they were.
0: There was just that many people.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was no press box. Like, there was just the a okay. power and the... Uh, the, the scorekeeper could fit in there and the announcer, but otherwise, there was no place for them. So, they put them on top of the third base dugout. <laughs> so, every time I'd go over, you know, to get an angle and the ball hit, we were working six umpires, but I'd still, you know, move over to the third base side. Old habits of working two umpire assistants. There I am, and in my head, we're so used to hearing Roger scream, Bonsoir, les Partizin, his deep voice. But that day, I actually heard him screaming that right behind me. And uh, so that was pretty funny. And at some point during the game, he looked at me and he gave me the good thumbs up like you're doing a good game. I mean, it was quite an experience. I got the VHS tape from that game. (laughs) I watched it probably four or five times. And that's where I realized, man, I need to get plate pants because the pants I had on that game were so tight. (laughs) It was horrible, you know. But that's where I realized all the small details, all the things I thought I was doing that, oh, that looks good. No, it's so, uh, yeah, that, that, that game was quite an experience. But the whole championship, once again, you know, seeing teams from all over and seeing the delegations really come. And for the final, you know, you have two great teams playing and everything else is done. It's the last game. Everybody else is leaving after that. And, you know, you have cheers in the the stands and you have the parents and you have the TV which is something because we were told okay guys between innings you need to manage two minutes in Bantam baseball which is the uh, age level it was they're not used to having a clock between the innings. And if they're done, they're done. Like, we've warmed up. So I had to find ways at times to stall the game and say, look, uh, they have to pay for this. So uh, they have to get the sponsors in. So I don't know. Just keep pitching or go see your pitcher and tell him a funny story because we're not ready yet. I have this guy holding a, a time watch and he's telling me you have to hold. You have to wait because uh, we're not ready. So I had to manage that on top of, you know, calling a good game and you have all, all that pressure. So it gave me another perspective on, uh, on how to work baseball as an umpire and uh, you have different things to manage it was funny also at some point during that game because the catcher actually had an issue and he was being taped or you know he was uh, being taken taken care of by the medical medical crew so we're holding now when we're ready to go and i have this guy behind the fence telling me okay go 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 we're ready we're live on the air they have nothing to say so get the game going so i walk over to the dugout and i'm like are you ready yeah i'm coming catcher comes out rushing shows up at the plate his zipper is still down <laughs> so i'm like man we're on tv you're the catcher you're gonna get the camera right on you uh you need to zip up,
1: <laughs> zip up.
0: you'll look back so, at this vhs tape in 20 you know, years and go i wish i would have zipped up
2: <laughs> i still have that tape <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, i still watch it weekly he says. no
2: because i don't have a vhs player <laughs>
0: <laughs> you wore the vhs player out
2: no, I actually transferred it, so I have it on a computer now somewhere, oh, nice. you know. So when I'm old and I, I can show my, uh, my, grandta, my 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 grandson or my granddaughter that uh, their granddad did something at some point in his life.
0: <laughs> now, it's really interesting that you bring up Denny Kassaveh. I grew up watching the Expos in the Maritimes. Denny was a well-respected announcer when it came to Major League Baseball, right across the Major League Baseball community, because his knowledge of the game was very strong. And overall, he was probably one of the best commentators in Major League Baseball at one time. If you were looking for a true baseball understanding and knowledge of the game, Denny would be a guy you'd want to listen to.
2: Uh, Major League Baseball, he, he does hockey, he's amazing As when he does hockey, and he does football now also, and he, he, he's incredible. A- anything he does, he, he, he's good at. He's always fun to listen to and very respectful. Some of them, you know, they, they want to get all the attention on them, but him, it's all about Putting the, game, putting the game first and uh, putting it out there, so you're totally right.
0: Some guys are just really good storytellers and can keep people engaged, and that's really what makes a good commentator. Just being knowledgeable, you talk about knowing the game is really important as an umpire and learning about the game. I think that Denny just has one of those abilities to learn any game that he provides. Kind of like Dan Schulman that we see now with the Blue Jays, he's just a very yeah. knowledgeable person. And has that ability. So that's kind of an honor, and it's kind of a cool thing that you have a story about Denny Casavant critiquing your balls and
2: strikes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: How did you make out in the low outside pitch in that game, I always have to ask. I
2: think the low and outside was pretty good. The high fastball, though, I must say I blew one. (laughs) And they actually went to replay before going to a commercial showing a strike three that I called on a pitch that was probably shoulder high.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there, just not on our DS. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay, since we're talking about Baseball Quebec and the Quebec games, can you share with us right now really how the structure of Baseball Quebec is for the umpires or as they're known in Quebec, les arbitres? (laughs)
2: Exactly. Les arbitres, as some of them call the women umpires. (laughs) Fair enough. Our structure is very, I must say, complete from uh, top to bottom. At the uh, grassroots level, where we have the one, two, three uh, level umpires, uh, it's mostly regional, where we have a uh, regional rep for every region. Like right this year, I took over as regional rep for uh, the region of Laval on an interim base. I am part of the provincial committee also, and the region was... uh, Repless, if we can say. We have a lot of course conductors also in Quebec. I think it's the province that has the the most uh, course conductors. So we try to uh, give uh, a lot of supervision and, uh, as we say in French, encadrement, you know, give that uh, supervision and uh, support to uh, the the new umpires. After that, after you've done the grassroots levels at the regional and association level, we have a program called uh, the PDA, Programme de Développement des Arbitres, which is focused toward the uh, level two and three umpires who are grouped at a provincial level and are the ones that are going to be assigned to provincial championships. And every provincial championship will be supervised and uh, we will assign umpires to the uh, lower A and B uh, championships will be mostly regional. And double A championships will be provincially assigned. So we'll have umpires from Montreal, from Gatineau, you know, wherever they are uh, that will be assigned and will move there. So it's the first occasion for them to uh, showcase their skills and learn more from uh, supervisors also and from uh, working those games. So that's uh, our level two and three umpires that are coming. Then we have uh, uh, at the top, le programme d'excellence des arbitres. Uh, The programme d'excellence des arbitres is, uh, is our national level Uh, umpires that are uh, in that program which is in a regular season we're about 60 to 70 umpires in that uh, program we'll have our national clinic every year uh, around uh, the month of April. Now, for the past three seasons, it's the head of that uh, program is uh, Stéphane Dupont. Okay. Uh, very well known. His, ma- his name has been mentioned before on your podcast. He lived in Alberta for a few years, came back in 2003 in Quebec and uh, has represented Canada at the world level. He's done uh, World Baseball Classic. And uh, the uh, general manager of Baseball Quebec asked him to, to come back and take care of that program. So that program will find umpires to uh, three leagues mainly, four now since last year, uh, midget AAA our provincial major AAA league, our uh, Ligue de Baseball Junior Elite du Québec, which is a 22U uh, junior league throughout the province, from Gatineau all the way to Saguenay, uh, 12 teams. And we also have the uh, ABC program that will have uh, teams in that league also, which is uh, 16U and 18U provincial teams. And uh, on that program, we also have the uh, Ligue de Baseball Major du Québec, which is a uh, senior league, senior AAA league if you want, teams all over the province also.
0: And we just lost some little technical difficulties, but Philip is back. Philip, you were just about to talk about the Can-Am League and how Baseball Quebec umpires or Les Albit du Québec are involved with that league.
3: Yeah, so uh, Baseball Quebec, uh, Michel Laplante, who's the president of uh, Les Capitales de Québec, uh, former professional baseball player. He managed the Capital and he's now uh, president of the team uh, with uh, Maxime Lamarche. He wanted uh, umpires from Quebec work games in Quebec and Ottawa. Because uh, they had a team in Ottawa called Les Champions, the Champions, so working with the league, he got us to uh, start working, uh, you know, full time all the games that were going to be played in Trois-Rivières, Quebec, in Ottawa, uh, not having any American umpires come over. Uh, so we started that last year. We were about 12. Quebec umpires covering uh, those games, three umpire system. We had a few umpires from Ontario also come over and work some of those games. Uh, Jimmy McMillan, Uh, we had Corey Dalton, uh, Trevor Greaves, who accepted to come over and work uh, one series. That was great. And I actually started uh, last year with uh, Alex Laurie and uh, Connor McKenna, uh, two uh, professional uh, uh, baseball umpires who uh, went on to uh, their their, uh, professional season uh, afterwards down in the States. So, uh, they were my, my partners for my first year in the Canada league last year. So, uh, it's very rare to see an amateur level structure, have a professional league within uh, that structure. So in Quebec, we can really say that from, you know, Adam baseball, like T-ball and rally cap, and you can move on to professional baseball, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's interesting to see and I think it, it's opening many eyes to young umpires who have the chance to go and watch, you know, Le Capital and Les Aigles Les Trois-Rivières and say, oh, these guys are from Quebec and I could be the next one, you know, working those games. Uh, we had a few young umpires come up and uh, work a few series last year. Somebody like uh, Gabriel Pichet, who uh, yes. came and worked a few series and did uh, an amazing job. <laughs> and other young umpires that are coming up and uh, having that opportunity. Uh, to work uh, professional baseball at a very high level. So uh, we're very lucky and uh, we appreciate all the work that has been done from uh, these gentlemen to make that work. So that's our structure. And, uh, you know, it's giving uh, many opportunities. And the objective of of the Programme d'Excellence is really to develop umpires and to bring them to the highest levels. We've had umpires work all the way. Somebody like Stéphane Dupont uh, made it all the way to the World Baseball Classic. And we've had before that, uh, Rabbi Belrose work the Olympics in uh, Sydney, Australia you know, another tremendous gentleman. And it's uh, back in around 2000 that uh, somebody like André Fleury, who was uh, the president of the umpires back then, uh, said we need to make a change and we got to have a structure because we would not have our best umpires go to nationals and be in the national program. Mm-hmm. Our best umpires were working during senior leagues, but they were league umpires instead of being, you know, under a structure, a provincial structure. And uh, so they put that together. And I think it's been uh, very helpful and uh, it, it's been tremendous for... Uh, all of our umpires, because the knowledge is also com- going back down to the grassroots level. So the level one umpires back in clinics and supervision. And at times I su- I'm surprised because we bring things from the professional level. We bring things from the national clinic that we learn. We try things on the field, like communication and things like that, signals we're going to use. And then you turn around and you see a level two umpire using that signal. I'm like, Wait, we started that two years ago. Where did they get that? You know, I've never supervised that umpire. And so it trickles down to the lower levels and it benefits everybody to have such high level umpires and learning from the best umpires around.
0: That's really interesting that you mentioned that the younger people are watching and they're incorporating some of this stuff into their game. Because I think a lot of umpires always get worked up when there's a supervisor or someone there that's in a formal capacity. But I think a lot of people forget that they're being supervised by everybody in attendance. Whether they know it or not, mom, dad, your neighbor, everybody there is watching you, whether you know it or not. So it's always important to put the best game out. And building some of these programs in these respective provinces are helping us put the best umpires forward so that we can put the best product on the field. I said it once and I'll say it again, and you'll probably hear it in another episode, but having good umpires makes baseball better. And I think a lot of people sometimes forget that Oh, just throw any umpire out there. But that degrades the quality of the game. And it also limits the player's ability to get better. Because if you just have anybody out there that doesn't have the theory, doesn't have the understanding or the knowledge to want to get better, I think it's detrimental to the league. What do you think?
3: I totally agree. You know, you'll have a, an umpire try to work higher levels than what than what they should be doing. Because I don't think there are bad umpires most of the time. They're just not at the right level. And they'll come, and they'll be, you know, scared or shy, and they'll start having a really tight zone. Yep. You know, you don't you don't give anything because you're you're scared. So anything where the gloves move, where the glove moves, you're just gonna call a ball. So what's gonna end up happening? Pitchers don't know where to pitch anymore, no matter how good they are, and batters are not gonna swing the bat. Yep. And so the defense end up, you know, not being ready because they're not expecting the ball to be hit because everybody's wait, waiting for, for a walk. So. Better umpires will know how to, you know, call that low outside pitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that low outside (laughs) pitch. You can always work on it. I kind of think of it as a figure eight, right? You get the center of the eight and you take a big loop out and you come right back in, but somehow it always comes back to the center. And that center, in my opinion, is the umpire. Yeah.
3: And good and to improve as an umpire, you get you need good baseball also. If you don't have good baseball around you, it it's tough to improve also as an umpire because it's gonna limit how good you can get if you're exposed to just you know local baseball if i could say
0: yeah no question local baseball or lower level tiered baseball you can go out there and give it all your all but sometimes you get you're limited by the baseball that's provided out here we call that a prairie umpire and what we mean by a prairie umpire is you can tell they're the only umpire in their town because they're rock solid on the plate they have a great strike zone but they know nothing else because they never get the opportunity to work the bases yep Okay, Philip. you mentioned uh, La Ligue du Baseball Junior Elite du Québec et La Ligue du Baseball Major du Québec. Share with us some of the work that you do in that league and, you know, some fun stuff about them.
3: Well, La Ligue du Baseball Junior Elite du Québec is a uh, summer league for uh, 18 to 22-year-old players mostly. Uh, as I said before, about 14 teams. Uh, it's very competitive, uh, very high level. Uh, all of these players have been on Spagets program, which are year round programs and, you know, go up in the excellence program. And it, it, it's the top of the food chain at that, at that point for amateur players. A lot of organization is behind that. And the president of the league now is actually Roger Brillot, who was the color commentator on, in that <laughs> 2001 game. So it, it's very pre- prestigious to, uh, to work uh, in that uh, league. And uh, that's what uh, umpires strive to, uh, to, to go for.
0: What system um, do you
3: guys use as umpires there? Is it
0: two umpire, three umpire? That's a very
3: good question. We use uh, two umpires in that uh, junior league and uh, same thing in the senior league. That might be the, the the weakness, I should say, for umpires in those leagues where we don't get to uh, work two, uh, three umpire systems. We do work three umpire in the playoffs and in the final, for sure, it's three umpires. Uh, but the rest of the season will be two umpires. There are many reasons for that. Uh, one of them might be, you know, the money. It, it costs more money for the teams and the, the traveling and all of that and also having the umpires enough umpires to cover all of that we've tried having uh, three umpires for a few games in the past years it was a project from the league to have you know not rookie umpires but up and coming umpires to uh jump in and every team would have a, a game umpired by three umpires with a young umpire coming coming up in the system i think that worked well we had uh, i worked a game like that with uh, somebody like uh, nicola denio uh, so that that was interesting it gives them a chance to 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 start on the field and you know it, it's one thing to be supervised by a veteran umpire by a veteran umpire but it's one thing to work with a veteran umpire what oh, yes. are they doing what are they doing pregame? you know and that's that's where that's what we're looking for so that's a junior league uh, league uh very competitive This season will start uh, early May and will end uh, end of September, October around. So it's a fairly long season, about 42 games in the regular season. Uh, Many college players, we have about uh, 50 uh, players in Quebec that do move to uh, playing the state in the winter during the school year. So uh, some of them are pretty high level players. We've had uh, some of them get drafted from that league. The issue is that when the playoffs start, those some of those players that do play college ball move on to the state so that Teams kind of change during the playoff, and we get sometimes, you know, the the younger players, are uh, their uh, summer season is done. So the the the, the, the portrait of the, the, the teams change in the playoff. So that's the Junior Elite uh, League. Very, it's uh, They're going to be in their 75th season next year. Oh, wow. It's been around for a while. It used to be one league in Montreal, in the Montreal area, and you used to have one league in the Quebec area with Trois-Rivières play, playing in the Quebec League. And uh, they would have a small World Series at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They would play that World Series uh, at the uh, Olympic Stadium, actually. Uh, a lot of stories from the Olympic Stadium, yep. <laughs> from uh, older umpires, uh, from those games. And it was, as you could tell, uh, uh, very intense, you know, to, to, to get that World Series uh, ring at the end from Quebec. But uh, in around 2000, they decided to merge both leagues together and uh, have teams uh, from all over the province competed against one, each other. And uh, the senior, uh, the senior league, league, the baseball major du Quebec, uh, has been around for a while, but really the structure started in 2003. Uh, their president is uh, Daniel Belil. I uh, umpired the league that was there before, started in 2000. Did my first senior game actually in 1999. In the league that was there before, I was uh, fairly young at that time, 19 years old. Went to a place outside of Laval. Uh, our uh, guy in charge got a phone call saying, uh, "Hey, uh, we need umpires. We're we're missing umpires. They used to be regionally uh, scheduled, you know, a signer with the with the scheduled umpires for that league." And then we got a phone call. To, Look, we need we need help. So drove to a place called Saint Charles de Borrome. Nineteen years old and went to work. My first senior game, I got hit twice on bases that game. <laughs> <laughs> did you at least apply the rule correctly? I I think I did. Yeah, I did. I did. There's only one player from that game that is still playing around, and I thank him every time I see him every season. I'm like, thank you for still being around. I, you know, you, you make me feel not that old since <laughs> you're still playing. Otherwise, I think they all retired. Oh wow! So uh, thank you for that.
0: Be honest. Did you hit in front of the infielders or behind the infielders?
3: In front of the players, but in my defense, back then they used to play with uh, metal bats, oh, aluminum, aluminum bats. bats so yeah. the ball was coming in uh, pretty fast, pretty fast at that time with uh, metal bats. So O3, the league, uh, you know, decided we're gonna go big. They added teams in uh, Quebec City, in uh, Bas Saint-Laurent, actually, not too far from where you're you're originally from in Miramichi. So uh, they had teams all over the province, also very high level. I think it's some of the highest level of baseball. In those years that I've seen in Quebec, teams were very competitive back in uh, the Eastern Township where they used to have a league just there, uh, high-level baseball in Quatico, Sherbrooke. Uh, a lot of uh, competition between those teams. Uh, it's It's been a uh,
0: Big they, baseball they, communities, they, for sure.
3: They are. they are sports the in general. Nationals, so uh, a lot of umpires around the, the country know know the, these places. No question. Uh, so the senior league is very competitive. Uh, some former players, po- professional players still play in that league. Uh, We have uh, people like uh, Michel Simard. We've had Denis Boucher play in that league, Uh, who played for the uh, Expos and the Blue Jays. Yes. Uh, And other former pro players, and uh, almost all of them have college experience. Uh, So it's been very, very good to have uh, leagues like that that during the senior league. Uh, and to be able to work those games and to go around and really, uh, you know, travel the province also It's it's a nice way to, to to find out about where you live and you know discover places like Actonvale and uh, Quatticoque and uh, small communities that uh, Are very proud of their baseball
0: baseball in Canada is a big deal every province has communities that just thrive on it And Sherbrooke, I think is one of them And Trois Vier is another one when you're in Quebec for sure. Yes,
3: What's the intensity like? Very intense. Uh, these players have known each other for many, many years. As they've come up together. Some of them have been playing each other for 20 years. You know, the stories go way back. Uh, you know, so. Uh, what's your?
0: Have, what's a tip then you have for a new umpire in that league?
3: Don't try to over umpire. Just take your time getting to know the players. You know, and talking to them. They they want to see you're a person that you're talkable, especially at the senior level. You know, they 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 know how to recognize a. a, a an umpire that's there for the right reasons
0: that's the answer right across the country they know the umpires that are out to one umpire i mean you, you mentioned the senior triple a league in quebec it's very similar to probably some of the senior leagues we've talked about in the maritimes and out in bc they're men they're adults
3: yeah and respect them and i mean i've had many discussions with some of these senior players and they, they they've taught me a lot many lessons one of them you know you, you hear when it's a blowout oh you know open up the strike zone you know how often have you heard that and then one player came up to me one day and he goes, no, you can't do that. I mean, I get three, four, maybe six at-bats in a week because we play two games. You can't take away one at-bat from me because, you know, you, you want to go home early. You know, right. I, I'm here. I'm, I'm taking time away from my family. I'm taking time away maybe from work. To, I'm here to play. Give me that at-bat, you know, don't steal it away from me. And I respect that. And I, 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 I came to understand the game from their perspective a bit more. That's a good lesson. And you can learn from them from some of them
0: <laughs> right and you said it earlier about the younger kids that it's the most important game for they ha- what they have Jim Cressman said it the most important game that you're ever going to umpire is the one that you are umpiring yes, so I mean, it means something and- <laughs> to somebody so treat it like a baseball game yeah as we learned in the majors this year don't hit grand slams when you're up what five runs and look at the <laughs> J scored 10 runs in an inning here the other night and you don't know what's going to happen the beautiful thing about baseball is that there's no time limit that's There's why i clock. love it yogi said it yes exactly and i've i've always lived by that philosophy because that was taught to me probably back at 15 you or the old bantam there is no time limit guys don't give up so if we're telling players not to give up we should be as umpires not giving up
3: yeah and it's the most challenging challenging games when you get that game after two three innings where it's 10-0 you know and then they start climbing back up and you're like you took your, your mind off of the game. You're like, okay, this is going to finish. I will be home early. And then you end up in the 12th inning on a tight game where they brought in their best closer and whatever, and they've gone three innings. It might be the best game you have in your life. So you always got, have to be ready and never give up.
0: And those are the games where you deserve ice cream.
1: Oh yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's move out of Quebec. Okay. Let's go to the national circuit. You have a little bit of national championship experience. How many championships have you been to?
3: I've been fortunate enough to go to f- around 15 oh. nationals. Uh, some of them might be with the CCBU, a, which is the Canadian College Baseball Association. I also supervised three of them and won a tournament 12. I still don't believe I've done, I've done all of that. When I did my first one back in '03 at the single site in Windsor, to me, like it was the pinnacle. Right. I reached the pinnacle of my career. I have done one <laughs> national umpire, one national, as an umpire. I've been around. It's like I'm never gonna go anywhere else. I came in that year as a fill-in because somebody couldn't go anymore. So that was my first national in 03 I got to meet umpires like uh, Jim Cressman, Got to meet umpires like uh, Ron Suchak who were there the same week as I was. I was supervised by uh, Andy Callahan and uh, Jacques Gayet. And I was actually a spectator at the Big Banana Game. The Big Banana Game. Yes. And I took a picture of uh, Mr. Don Gilbert, Mr. Jim Cressman, and Mr. Andy Callahan working that game. So uh, if you've seen that picture go around, I was the one behind the camera. Because I was carrying back then in O3 a digital camera. Believe it or not, I had one back <laughs> uh, then.
0: You had one. That's way before the time.
3: Oh, yeah. And remember, two years before that, I have a VHS of yeah, my yes. game. <laughs> yeah, We're going game, digital, so. baby. <laughs> So took many pictures that year at an incredible tournament. Got on the bus for a 12-hour ride, I think, to Windsor, Ontario. <laughs> Got there. The fields were incredible. You know, we had a complex uh, down in uh, five baseball fields for, you know, bantam Win- and Pee Wee baseball. Windsor two- does it
0: right. There's no question. They do it right. Wow. They have it all incredible, there.
3: Incredible. Incredible. So that was my first uh, national. We had the big blackout. Yes. Uh so I had to maneuver around the uh the residence where we were staying uh with the light from my <laughs> digital camera to go <laughs> up the stairs cuz there was no land there was nothing we didn't have a cell phone back then with uh with that lamp so it was an incredible weekend filled with great baseball amazing baseball got to work uh, one of the games involved Newfoundland had to call a few bucks on the uh on the pitcher and later on I learned that it was one of their first game umpired by the real umpire Oh, well. So, you know, but you still have to do your job. And, uh, you know, the coach came out and respected that. And I respected them a lot because I, you know, I umpired them as a national level team. So I called the game as it as it ended up working the, uh, the gold medal game that year from behind the, the catcher. Uh, it was a great experience, a great game. Quebec was in the finals. So that was a bit special. You know how to maneuver that because, I mean, for Quebec umpires, when you get to the national level, when you have a French name, especially, and they announce it, People know pretty much that you're from Quebec they won't say and from Quebec the plate umpire right. Philippe Lamoureux but so you know it, it can be touchy at times but you you on the field really it, it's the team's respected and I haven't had any issues uh, sometimes it might be the perception from outside where, pe- where people don't understand you know what you've been through to get to that level and the uh, the ethics that you have that got you there but right. it's always something that I take pride of uh, pride in of you know working to the best of my abilities and being, you know, an umpire, being, you know, somebody that's between the teams. And umpire actually is a word that comes from French, which is un, uh, un, no, no peer. It it comes from a word that says no peer. It's a French word, no pair, oh. And it became umpire. And it's it's somebody that's not a peer of both of the teams. So that's the etymology of the word. And it comes from a French word, actually.
0: A little history so. lesson here on The Leading Edge. <laughs> yeah, so that was great. Philippe, since you're mentioning it, I think it's really important to put it out there that no supervisor that I've met intentionally put somebody on their home province at a national championship unintentionally, if that makes sense. They look at the schedule, they try to figure out the schedule as best they can to avoid that conflict of interest. I'm not going to say it never happens just based on logistics. Sometimes it will. But I can almost assure you that that supervisor, the night before, is shaking in their bed, their head's on the pillow. They're like, okay, how is this going to go down? What is the perception that this is going to be? But you mention it. You're there to umpire to the best of your ability. When we go there, yes, we represent provinces. Our provinces select us. But I've never met an umpire that's gone there and went, oh, I hope my province wins or I'm che- I'm going to umpire for my province. That's We know why we're there. We're there to make sure the game's fair, enforce the mm-hmm. rules as they need to be enforced. And I think it's pr- important to put the caveat – Umpires know that are listening. If you're assigned the gold medal plate, when you get that assignment, most likely you do not know the teams that will be in the game in that final. Simply because most times the semifinals are played the morning of, so it, mm-hmm. it's a coin toss. Really, the yes, Quebec might be in the semifinal, so there's a technical what 50 percent chance that they could be in it because they could win their game. But that's just baseball, and I think by the time they get to the gold medal game. They know they're getting the best umpire at that championship.
3: Yes, you're right. And in the round robin, and I've been on the other side of the plate where I, I've done the schedule, you know, for for tournaments and for nationals. And yes, we we do look at which teams are playing and to not have the plate umpire work his own province uh, as much as possible. You know, sometimes you might get a tournament with, uh, you know, four umpires from Ontario and three umpires from Quebec. And I mean, I've been to I've been to a tournament with two Ontario teams and two Quebec teams. Right. So at some point you're kind of limited, but we try our best not to in the round robin, but once we're past the round robin, I mean, it's- some supervisors will not even look at the teams and sometimes you don't even know the teams cuz you know the 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 standing is not even final so you don't even know who's playing the semis so and you got to put a schedule out there
0: i think going uh, forward baseball canada should list all the umpires from the yukon <laughs> that would take
3: care of everything that'll take
0: care of everything
3: but as you said every umpire is there to to work To the best of their abilities, and at some point, I mean, when you're on the field, you don't even realize who the teams are. You're 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 umpiring the play, you're umpiring the pitch, and it's not you know the ball. It's not written Quebec. It's not written Newfoundland. It's not written uh, BC on it. It's it's written Rawlings, right? So, and that's what you're looking for, and that's what you're looking at, and you gotta you you got to forget about that and you're really umpiring the game you're umpiring baseball players that are playing each other and that's always a. have always looked at it that way
0: you know what i couldn't agree with you more philip let's move on from your peewee championship what are some of the other nationals you've been to
3: i must say off the field the most memorable ones were probably you know the minor ones the bantam the midget where you you meet you meet people that are, are, are working uh, just as hard as you are, and they're they're trying to climb that ladder and gain more experience. Uh, the peewees is always special because most of the time, all the umpires are there for their first umpire for their first national. Yep. You know, you 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 go there and they're all brand new. They're all like, oh, and some of them are pretty young. Like I was mm-hmm. at my first national, uh, so it's always special. Then you move on. I think the cup is a really special tournament the uh, the length of that tournament uh, the added day the wednesday where they play and the level of ball because it's all-star teams from every province so they're really intense they're trying to make uh, team canada you have greg hamilton the stands watching the game you have scouts uh the intensity is there the coaches are probably coached Coaches that are year-round coaches and are uh, uh, have came up with these players or have drafted or you know, scouted these players to make the team, the intensity is really, really, really high. I had a lot of fun at uh, the two Cups that I've done.
0: Where uh, were first they? One,
3: first one was in Kindersley, Saskatchewan.
0: Speaking of baseball towns, Kindersley has been mentioned a few times here on The Leading Edge.
3: So if somebody wonders where Kindersley is, uh, it's in the middle of Saskatchewan between a field and another field. That's all I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, it, you're gonna, If you're coming to Saskatchewan or you're coming to Kindersley, you're probably going to fly into Saskatoon. You're going to get on a bus, go due west, and then you're just going to get there somehow after two hours on this bus.
3: Yes, exactly. two hours of bus, and uh, no, I had a tremendous experience there, the level of baseball, the level of umpires, and to go out west, it was first for me to go past Ontario. so it was really nice to uh, you know discover Canada, yep. uh, places you I've never been and uh, f- uh, see other uh, another culture, really, and uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I, we had the uh, Paul Kobe l on the on our crew, and uh, Paul was nice enough to at the end of the tournament to bring us back to Saskatoon and uh, drove us around. He actually brought us to his house. Uh, So uh, it was really nice uh, meeting Paul and uh, having a great uh, tournament with him. And the other one, the other cup I did was in Moncton back in, uh, let me check my resume.
0: 2011.
3: 2011, exactly. In Moncton uh, with great crew of supervisors of uh, Corey Davis, uh, Chris Willem, and uh, David Cass, uh, two of them you've had as guests on your podcast uh we had an, an incredible weekend uh Moncton was uh a host like Nana that they had uh Mike set uh work as a host and he worked also in the tournament and we had a young umpire by the name of Jeremy Nash I think you know him
0: yeah yeah he's guest well, number she- one here on the leading edge <laughs>
3: He actually came in and worked a game, and uh, he did a great job uh, working that game in the, on the Sunday. On that weekend in Moncton, uh, worked many games and ended up working, I think, I worked seven games that involve Saskatchewan. <laughs> Sorry to hear Some, about that. Five or seven, not too sure, but Saskatchewan had and an amazing team that year. Great baseball players. They were in the B pool because the way the, the cup is, you have like yep. the four best teams in the A pool and the B is uh, the other teams and they play each other all the time. So that's how we ended up probably micro-working uh, Saskatchewan many times. The crossover is the, the lowest uh, seeded team in the A pool against the best seeded team in uh, the B pool. And it was Quebec against, of course, Saskatchewan. Sask. <laughs> so I know the Saskatchewan coach knows me because I've done many of his games. I figured he knows I'm from Quebec. And the Quebec team, uh, one of their coaches, uh, Maxim Moccasin, who's now the head of the ABC, our uh, Académie Baseball Canada, which is our academy with all the best prospects are. Uh, he was an assistant coach that year. And Max is from Laval as I am. And he used to be an umpire in Laval. So we know each other very well. I've seen him grow up. I umpired him when he used to play and he thought he was good. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Max comes to me before the game and he goes, oh, you're working the game, right? And I was stressed about the coach from Saskatchewan, you know, whatever. He knows I'm going to be doing the right right thing. But uh, I can't, uh, you know, I got to put my best foot forward and work the best of my abilities. And I see Max and I go, hey, Max, uh, good luck in the game. You know, I'll be there later. And he goes, okay, great for you. And he goes to me, don't be tight on us because you're from Quebec. I'm go, oh, I was worrying about the coach from Saskatchewan. And now I have Max from Quebec yeah. telling me, don't be tight on us. I'm like, oh, I have no leverage. Yeah, I have no room. Absolutely none. I went out there and just, you know, every pitch was the pitch of the century. <laughs> I couldn't miss one pitch. Finished the game, got off the field. Corey and Chris looked at me and they just went, Wow. We think he didn't miss a pitch. You know, I remember that. Ge- I'll remember that game forever. And then afterwards, uh, worked the uh, gold medal game. We had uh, Keith McConkey working the plate. I was at first base, and we had a young pitcher from Ontario who came in and, uh, as a reliever by the name of uh, Cal Quantrill. Oh yes, some of Cal, yeah, Paul Quantrill, uh, who was in the. Uh, he just got traded recently to the uh, Cleveland Indians. I think he was 15 back then, and he just like lights out. Saskatchewan made it to the final that year. Cal came in and really as a reliever and uh, that was uh, an amazing game on TV again. It was brought, uh, I think it was live on TV uh, in, in the Maritimes. Yeah, Rogers and, TV. Uh, yeah, Rogers TV. So that's always fun to do national games on TV. Uh, you know, one of the first call of the game at the uh, first baseman, jump up, get the ball. So everybody's expecting, you know, safe out the bag, but he landed on the bag just before batter runner hit, got his foot on it. So, you know, banged then. that was i think that was my first play and then you you watch the game the replay of the game afterwards and you go oh i'm not sure about that. oh we nailed that one <laughs> the rest of the game you know i don't think there there was one doubt from uh, from the commentators about any of my calls so uh that's pretty it's always cool. fun to see and to hear better than when you get that high shoulder high fastball and you call it strike
0: three <laughs> well that's the, all those years of
3: improving right yeah and keep working hard always keep on improving yeah, like so yeah, and off, and off the field, just meeting people, meeting, meeting other umpires, getting to, you know, in Moncton, we drove down with uh, Guillaume Smith-Desbiens and uh, Patrick Callard, two umpires that I've known for, for uh, many years. And Guillaume, we've been friends since 2001. We met each other in 2001 and we're the same age. We have the same background. He's from Gatineau. I'm from Laval. Getting to work at a national with one of your best friends is an incredible experience. Like we had a blast that weekend on the field, loved if we were proud of each other and we would encourage each other all the time. And Patrick also, you know, tremendous umpire. And, and and that's, what's fun about it because we sometimes don't, don't have the opportunity to work with each other that much since there's distance between us and, you know, getting to go to nationals to get in working the full weekend and sharing stories. It's uh, it's always a great experience.
0: It is. That's the beautiful thing about this game and umpiring is we make some great friends and it really, they're lifelong. The reality is, everyone I've come on here that's talked talks about a lifelong friend that they've made while umpiring.
3: Yeah, and that's probably the best thing out of baseball and meeting people and making friends. And it goes beyond baseball. I see Andy Callahan, who's retired now. We, we we're still in contact, and one of his best friends is a former umpire. So many others. Uh, you, you see weddings with umpires. Uh, you know, I've been to a wedding just last year, and we ended up calling balls and strikes during the ceremony after, and because of some things that happen so always funny and always fun and it's a family really india
0: it is and when a bunch of umpires get together man do we geek it out (laughs) (laughs) now i want to ask you 2011 your supervisors are Corey davis derek dubell and chris wilhelm now let's fast forward a little bit 2015 you worked the senior championship in mayor machine new brunswick a community that continues to show up on this podcast
3: yes yes
0: one of your crewmates is Chris Wilhelm. What's it like to go work with a former supervisor at a national championship? Now you're you're considered equals.
3: I've had Chris as a supervisor back in 06 at the Bantams and again in 11, and always had great amount of respect for Chris. He's a, an amazing uh, supervisor and educator. The way he comes forward and, and just talks to you and, you know, he, he brings out the best out of you. And in 2015, I had Chris as my crew chief. I was like, this is going to be one of the greatest weekend ever. And we were with uh, Bull.
0: Quick post-show edit here. The third crewmate was actually Brian Lees from Alberta, not Bull or Brian Cummings from Air Machine of Brunswick. After 15 national championships, sometimes they mingle with each other. Anyways, Philip, it's okay. Back to the show.
3: That's where I went. Okay, he used to supervise me. And I remember in 06, he told me, Phil, I'd love to umpire with you someday at a national. I was like, this is never going to happen. You're Chris Willem. I'm (laughs) like, I'm never going to get there. And then 2015, show up, who's my crew chief, Chris Willem. I was like, okay, I can't believe I reached that level where I'm on the same level as Chris, you know, working together. We had an amazing weekend off the field. You know, we had breakfast every morning by the Mur- 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 banks, wherever River. We had a, an amazing hotel and uh, really the conversations and getting to watch Chris work and getting to watch him prepare and getting to see him interact with players. I learned so much. You know, I soaked in everything that we can. We actually got soaked a lot that weekend because we got rain and i have a funny story about that so we're playing at the second field you probably know the name of the second field i can't remember it. head yep that's the one uh we start a game then rain hits and we're told we're not gonna go back on the field you guys can head back to the hotel you know even pack your things because we don't know if we're gonna come back here so all right we're packing our things and we're heading back to the hotel so everything is wet our pants our drawers our socks uh we're soaking wet. We're heading back to the hotel. I just want to lay everything out so that it dries and, you know, have a shower cuz it's disgusting. We end up uh asking one of the room ladies if we could actually use the dryers from the hotel that they use uh, to dry our pants and some of our stuff and they, ac- they accepted. So my roommate and I threw in our, our our pants and everything in. And then we get a phone call around noon. Yeah, we're going to start again at 12.30. (laughs) We're at the hotel. So we just scramble to get our things in the bag. We get the pants from the dryer, all our gears together. Everything is in one big bag. And we just drive out to the field to make it there on time because the teams and the spectators, they don't care for late. They don't know that we've been back to the hotel. We just got to head back and get there. (laughs) We get there. We scramble to, you know, here, here are your pants. These are yours. And, you know, back then, I didn't write my name in most of my things because, you know, it was me. I'd go home. I'd wash my things and then put it back in my bag. <laughs> get pants. They're the right size. Put them on. They're tight around the shins. I'm like, no, these have to be base pants. They're my roommate's pants. Here, these are your pants. It gives me the, the, the pants he has on. Put them on. They're just as tight. It doesn't work. We got to get out there. So screw it. Put the pants on and go. Ended up working, finishing the game in base pants behind the plate because we had mixed between me and my roommate because we were the same size. And he had on, he goes, he finishes the game and he goes, Man, these pants were loose. (laughs) Of course they're loose. They're my plate pants. (laughs) So ever since then, I've been writing my name in everything. Everything has had my name. I've, I've, you know, put in a bag and make sure that I don't, I don't get confused. I don't get mixed up with somebody else. I was so uncomfortable for the rest of that game, but you know, oh, you can make imagine. it work and you learn the lesson from that game. Don't have a room lady dry your pants.
0: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All I can attest is that Philip from Quebec will make that mistake. Philip from Saskatchewan will never make that mistake. I always believe. And yes, we got to get out there. We got to hurry up, but. Be comfortable first. Make sure you do it right, right? Just like doing your belt up.
3: <laughs> Wise men. It's okay. I'll let you
0: redeem yourself here. Let's talk about your tournament 12, okay? You're one of the lucky few in this country that have gone right from the Pee Wee Championships. Now you're going up to one of the probably most prestiged learning environments here in baseball Canada. Share with us your T12 experience.
3: Well, it goes all the way back to 2013. I was at the seniors, my first senior in 2013 in Windsor. Corey Davis comes to me and Ron Suchak, I think, was, was there also at the time in the room. And he goes, Phil, really like what you're doing. You know, when we and that was, I think, around the first year of Tournament 12. He goes, when we had the discussion about it, you were on the list of 24 umpires. You know, we had to go down to 12 and you were top 24. I was like, wow. I'm here at my first senior. You're telling me this now, Corey. like this is an honor. I thought that was like once again, the pinnacle. like I reached the top 24 for tournament 12. Incredible. I'll keep working hard. never know what happens. Go on senior junior in Gatineau, Junior again, St Thomas and uh, junior in Gatineau in 2017. Got to work there, and then the following year got an invitation to uh, tournament 12 in Toronto, uh, end of September. I was very surprised. I didn't think uh, I would get uh, an invitation after 2013. You know, so many years have passed and I've seen the the names that uh have been going to tournament twelve. I was like okay that that that's great for them. Like I'm happy for them. I had most I would worked most of them like Guillaume had been and then many on Parsons in Quebec had been and they had a great experience. And then got the nod to go in twenty eighteen. So uh made arrangements. I'm a teacher so I need to take time off in the September, not necessarily easy. Ended up in Toronto for a week with uh Jonathan Filion uh, no not sorry
0: through the fantastic power of the internet, we had another technical difficulty, but let's get back to the show and pick up where we left off.
3: Well, I ended up driving to Toronto with uh, Sébastien Gagnon and uh, Marc Genet, six-hour ride, make it to Toronto, big city, big city lights. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, it's impressive. Uh, I, I had been to Toronto before. I'd watched uh, games at the, the Rogers Center, but once you you go inside and you you walk inside the uh, the heart of the beast, you know it's humongous. It's uh, very impressive. You pass in front of the uh, Blue Jays locker room. They they don't allow you to go in now uh, to visit. I know some umpires had been before, but now it's a no go zone. And you end up being in the MLB umpires locker room. It's Brand new. They had just changed it the year before. You could eat off the floor. You get in. There's a lounge that is the size of my basement probably, with couches, huge TV on the wall. There's a counter for food. No food though. We got no food that week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Still grateful about it.
3: So, uh, but that was fine. We get a huge fridge, and then you walk past that lounge, and there's a locker room with stalls, six stalls and six showers. Oh, well, nice. So that's that's MLB standards, because if they reach the playoffs, they got to have, you know. Yep. Makes sense. Room for all of these uh, big name umpires. You you go from working local baseball at uh, Parc Jacques Bourdon and end up at, you know, Roger Center. It was a blast. You, you, you see players like uh, Dave uh, Winfield and uh, others, big names from the Blue Jays. And they're just really kind. And even if you're an umpire, they take the time to talk to you. And uh, I remember I was walking around to go to, to one of my games. And uh, that week I was struggling because I had an issue. I had, I had a, an injury. I had plantar fasciitis. for oh, nice. If,
0: and the turf helps, that, right?
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you walk around, you're struggling. But once you're on the field, you just bite it and you go. I'm at Roger Center. I have the week to just prove what I can do and umpire the best I can. So on the field, I was giving it all, but, uh, you know, he saw me limping around and he goes, oh, yeah, I've had that too. So it was kind of nice to see a, a player take the time like that and acknowledge and say, yeah, I've had that, you know, and you're, you're going to get better after. So it, it, it's just nice. And you get the you get the supervisors on the field with you. You know, you, you have John Oko. Uh, we had uh, Rob Allen. We had Ron Suchuk there as a supervisor and Stefan Dupont from Quebec also uh, was there as a supervisor and they're on the field with you they're actually working I've said I've said this many times before with Chris and others once you work with them and you see them work that's where you learn and I would just watch them and between innings they come to you and they talk to you and oh you know you did this, this that was great but maybe try you know that foot forward a bit more you you know get that read step on that play and it it's the, it it's on the moment and right away after that you get a play and you work it, and he just looks at you and he g- gives you the thumbs up where you applied what he taught you, and that that's what T12 is all about. You know, it's it's working hard, it's proving you're there for the right reasons, and and to to keep on learning all the time. And after the games, you have a supervisor on the field that's with you because we're working for our umpire system, so that's really something special because we're working it the right way. You know, when when we reach the finals, the times at nationals or any tournaments. Yeah okay, you're working for Empire Systems. Uh, how do we do this? Ah, uh, just make it work. You know, right. a lot of times this is what happens in the end. Especially you know when you start, they don't go into the details too much to confuse us. You try to do your best and you go out there. But here we're working for Empire System. We've studied the book before. We even practiced in Quebec. We had Stefan get all of us on the field on a double header. And uh, we, we, we had done a practice run before that. I know out West, some of you will work in the, uh, in the Wimble back then yep. and work f- uh, for umpire system during the game. But we're really there to, to, to showcase what, what our abilities are. And the players are amazing too. They're young players, right? They're, they're college prospects. They're pro prospects. And you have the, the scouts in the stands. And it, it's the lights also. To me, to me, that's something I'll remember. Working at Rogers Center, you turn around... To look at a fly ball something like that. Well, not at the fly ball, but at the outfielder. Yeah. A little piece of knowledge here. You don't look at the ball in the air. You look yeah. at the outfielders. They'll take you to the ball, actually. But you're blinded by the lights because you have the lights at the bottom on the wall and you have the big screen ahead of you. It, 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 it's just an incredible feeling. And I, I had umpired before that at the Olympic Stadium and I knew the, what the feeling was to work in such a big environment. But Roger Center is a step above the Olympic Stadium with all the lights and, you know, it's a, fairly recent facility and it's really impressive and just watching you know the grounds crew between every game manicure the field and you get on the field after that and it's it's mlb standards every game it was an amazing experience with an amazing group of umpires from all over the country uh some of them i had known because we had worked together before and just to get in that room and to share our experience and to talk with each other. And, you know, you go for dinner every night and you have the stories. And another thing that was nice that week is we had some professional umpires that their season was over and they're from the Toronto area and they joined us. You know, they came over for dinner and we had to, you know, talk to them and learn from them also. So that was another great experience uh, at during that week. I mean, Tournament 12, T12, as it's called, uh... You know, put together by the Blue Jays, we really have to thank the Blue Jays for putting that together and including the umpires. I think Baseball Canada has worked really hard to include the umpires there. You know, they—I'm pretty sure they could have had just local, you know, Ontario and Toronto umpires. Ah, we just need umpires. No, they said we're going to include umpires. We're going to make a program out of it, and we're going to get the best umpires from the from the country to go, and the ones who eventually are going to represent us at the at the international level. So it, it's an amazing experience and. If if you have a chance to go and if that's your goal, go for it. it. It's really worth it. I I can't say enough. I I was supposed to go back this year actually. Uh, I was invited again in twenty twenty. Well, congratulations. So in, I was supposed to be in Toronto uh, at the end of September. Unfortunately, something called COVID came around <laughs> yeah. and uh, learned uh, during the summer that uh, it was canceled. I kept it on my calendar. So in my agenda, it's going to pop up in two weeks that, uh, you know, this week you're supposed to be in Toronto. There's always going to be next year, hopefully, and maybe I'll get the invitation again. And uh, who knows what will happen.
0: Life goes on. As umpires, I think we learn to adjust and adapt. That's one of the things that makes us who we are. Just like trying to fetch your pants out of the dryer. (laughs) But I do say that (laughs) I had to bring it back. Yes, of course. But I... Never been to T12, but everything I read from it, everything everybody that I've heard stories from that have been there have said nothing but positive experiences from it. It's not treated the same way as a national championship. It's a learning environment. The count starts at 1-1. It's about setting yourself up for the next play, trying new things and trying to prove, like you said, to get to that next level. So we you're you're getting you get to T12 because you already have a certain level or ability. It's trying to prove that you can get to the next level.
3: Totally, totally. And, you know, you don't know what the next level is going to be. Some of the umpires that I've been to T12, I've just gone, I've moved on to, uh, you know, uh, world junior championships and some of them might end up at the Olympics, you know, like Trevor Grieve was supposed to go to this year. And that's our program in Canada. We're lucky enough to have all of that structure to bring us to that next level. And we're very fortunate because it's not always like that around the world.
0: I have to brag, but I do think the Baseball Canada umpire program is probably the best amateur baseball umpire program in the world in regards to structure, feedback, ways that you advance, ways that you get from grassroots baseball right to the international scene. We have a step for everything, and it's really thanks to the countless hours of volunteerism that people put in from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, to Prince Rupert, British Columbia, to Laval, Quebec, to Menendoza, Manitoba, you name a community, there's probably a Baseball Canada umpire there working and giving back. So I think it's a credit to the Blue Jays organization, Baseball Canada, but I really believe it's the people at the grassroots level that make it what it is.
3: Yep. And, you know, it's all about people that have been there before. Also, people like Dick Willis, who we hear the name around again, that has an award after his name. But all of these people that have been around, that have been around the game, that I've worked, you know, and every step done to to bring the, uh, the program forward and to make it the best program out there. It's a testimony of that. It's all of their work. And we, we cannot forget those people.
0: I couldn't agree more. Now, speaking about giving back, you've talked about some of the positions with Baseball Quebec, but you also have a position with Baseball Canada. Share with us what your role with Baseball Canada is.
3: Chris Willem, a few years ago, became head of the uh, communication portfolio. Uh, Baseball Canada, uh, the umpires Committee, wanted to uh, put uh, a lot of uh, emphasis on communication. The years were in uh, the the technology we have, working with the website. So I accepted to join Chris on the uh, communication uh, committee few years back. And uh, on the committee, we have Chris Willem, we have uh, Aaron Roberts, and uh, Corey Dalton from Ontario. Um, we uh, we meet on the phone a few times during the season. We talk about you know the website, all the revamp on the website uh, is the work of our committee. Uh, on both websites, I should say, the internal one we have for the umpire uh, of the baseball.ca, where you sign in and you do the exam, where we have the uh, level three exam, and all the documents that are there, uh, which are it, it's a contribution of every other portfolio. Also, you know the uh, right. grassroots, the uh, the instructors, and uh, all the other portfolios culminate on on that website. And uh, we sh- we try to share everything. And we have the public uh, version of the website also, uh, where we share uh, knowledge and uh, documents and uh, also some news. We started with Twitter account, which we have. What's that Twitter handle? Oh, let me get the handle. Caught me off guard. <laughs> I think it's BCAN underscore umpires. Yes. Yeah, so it's at BCAN underscore umpires. We also have the Facebook page, which is uh, Baseball Canada umpires. And we have the Instagram account also. Instagram. Um, yes, we're also on Instagram. Something uh, we added last year, I believe, especially for the younger generation. They're mostly on Instagram now. Uh, and I think we, we got to reach for them you gotta go and get them you gotta be where they're, they are we're not on tiktok we're not on <laughs> i
0: have a other. recommendation i think you should get on tinder i think we could recruit a lot of people on <laughs> tinder if you got
3: personally if i'm on <laughs> tinder i don't think we will maybe if we, if we have a baseball can umpire account maybe it might work but i won't be the one swiping <laughs> okay
0: but i i'm i'm pretty positive if we put up an ad for umpires on tinder we might catch something we might work on that. <laughs> I've been pitching that to Aaron Roberts for years, but he's not <laughs> it listening to work. me.
3: Good work. You never know. Well, actually, I met my
0: girlfriend through baseball. So, uh, you know. You never know what can happen. You never know who's lurking around the next corner. Does the portfolio have any future goals?
3: the The objective of the portfolio is really to communicate information, to put forward uh, the uh, the assignments that our umpires receive at the international level. I think it's something that has to be out there. It's something I truly believe, in. it's a bit touchy because we can't always say, you know, oh, so and so is working the uh, semi final game at uh, seven tonight. Uh, tune in, because it's information that is not out there it's not public there are uh, some restrictions on what can be said publicly but most of the time we do know the information ahead of time and when the game starts you know tune in now seven o'clock we have uh, philip cavendish working uh, you know goal medal game at the uh, world junior in korea
1: maybe one day uh,
3: you know we we we, we want to uh, we want other umpires to be inspired by that and you know it, it's also around nationals that uh, will have a lot of activity where we put pictures on and we share the stories and what's going on and throughout the year we want to work more we want to you know have the education out there every week have like a rule section and things like that and have the conversation and have people talking about umpires and baseball canada umpires also and just baseball in general and be in contact i think that that's the main objective
0: communication is always key it's really important and With the overload of information on the internet, it's nice to have a central source. So like the umpire.baseball.ca, I assume, is a great platform that people can log in and get the exact same information from the reputable source. Now, if people want to give you some feedback, how do they get a hold of you?
3: Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram uh, is the best way to uh, get in touch with uh, the Baseball Canada Umpire program. There's also an email on the website. So if you go on the website, you'll you'll have an email and you can contact the uh, national committee.
0: And to make it easy on you, we are going to throw a link to the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, and our show description so you know where to go find it, click, and like it. Thank you for that. Not a problem, but guess what? We're moving on. It's 10 questions time here on The Leading Edge. If you come on the show, you gots to participate. Them's are the rules. Okay, you ready for this, Philip? Play ball. Play ball, I like it. Okay, what color mask pads do you prefer?
3: Ah, good question. Right now they're black, but I do really like the tan. No, no tan. No black. I love the contrast, and with a gray mask, I think it's the best look. Laz Diaz. Laz Diaz.
0: (laughs) I like Laz Diaz. (laughs) (laughs) But share with us, what is your plate stands? I mean, you've gone from really grassroots baseball all the way to the top. What is your plate stands?
3: My plate stance hasn't moved, hasn't changed much since I started, you know, when you have somebody like Stéphane Crétier, he was really, he came from a professional background, he did the pro school and uh, worked a bit in pro ball uh, when he had a chance, and uh, he would really insist on, uh, on us being locked in, you know, and having the traditional, you know, just locked in and, you know, what we call now heel-toe, and it's been my stance since uh, I started 25 years ago it,
0: so nice that you got taught right the first time and didn't have to adjust nine times over your course to your career. Because I think if you're taught the basics right
3: in the first time, why change it? I must admit I've umpired a few really small players with a knee on the ground oh. though. Because uh, you know, being yes. 5'11, I had to get down there. Uh it happened once or twice, but I must say it's not something that's comfortable.
0: <laughs> At 5'11. You are still a foot and a half taller than Jeremy Nash, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Where's your favorite vacation spot?
3: Ah, tough question. Tough question. Favorite vacation spot. I've been to Cuba once. One of my best friends got uh, married there, and he invited us over uh, for a week, and we really had an amazing time. And we were actually three umpires there, because my best friend used to be also a baseball umpire, and he actually worked at the national level, uh, Marc-André Laporte. Uh, So I must say, Cuba was quite an experience, but only been there once. Hopefully, I get to go again soon.
0: It's all personal, but here I'm going to rant on people having down south weddings for the next eight seconds. Nothing like somebody having a wedding down south and saying, please come to my wedding. But now you have to fork over like $6,000 to (laughs) get there. I'm sorry, but if you ever, anybody listening, if you want to go down south and have a wedding... Don't expect to have a lot of people. And if those people show up, you better treat them as royalty because they're spending a lot of money to get there.
3: Uh, it was worth it and uh, marc deserved it.
0: I might have told my sister once, I said, if you get married down south, I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite pizza topping?
3: You know what? Bacon.
0: <laughs> I'm really happy you brought up bacon. I made a pact that every weekend during this pandemic, I would eat bacon. That bacon, bacon, bacon. So, I have made a lot of bacon dishes.
3: Yeah, we're actually hosting uh, people for uh, breakfast Saturday. So, tomorrow I'm uh, grilling bacon on the charcoal grill.
0: I love it. I love it. Two things I love <laughs> having people over for breakfast. They're gone by noon. You have the rest of the day to yourself. And you don't, it's not awkward to ask them to leave when they've had too many drinks at midnight. You're like, go away. I, love I don't having know if people. they'll have
3: to leave, but I will have to leave because I have a game at two anyways.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're on a time limit. Well, if you're sounds like you're still umpiring this year, how many ejections you have on the season?
3: I was thinking about that yesterday. And I must say none.
0: People should just be happy that they're playing baseball this year. That's all I have yes. to say.
3: You're totally right. And uh, I mean, most of the people out there are the ones who chose not to be on the field this year. Uh, umpires or players i have a lot of respect for that decision every person has their own reason why but uh, i mean most of the people out there are having fun and i was at a Bandom game just earlier tonight and you know people are having a blast just being around the, on the baseball field and playing the game we love
0: baseball brings out some good stuff in people i think that's what we like about the game that we wouldn't come back if it wasn't just since we're talking about it in quebec are you guys behind the catcher or using this modified system that other places are using
3: I've actually worked with uh, JF Arsenault on uh, our system. We're using. Uh, we're behind the mount. Uh, okay. The uh, santé publique, the public health, uh, did not allow us to be behind the catcher for a number of reasons. Of we actually tried a visor on top of a our umpire mask. We, I, I the one, I'm the one who tried it for a game. Uh, it didn't work. Uh, the fog was getting there after a while, and the lights were just. Yeah. We're, we're getting blinded. So we're working from the end behind the mount. We're making the best out of it. It's not easy. No. Uh, but, uh, you know, players are on the field and that's what matters.
0: That's what matters. But since we're talking baseball, we're all baseball fans. In your opinion, do you think the hot dog is considered a sandwich? Why or why not?
3: It's a baseball steak. Why are you talking about sandwich?
0: Love it. It's a steak. Or as Chabavai would say, he considers the keg hamburger so i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what job was eating for hot dogs
3: european hot dogs
0: probably <laughs> costco
3: dollar 50 with a pop yep hasn't changed their price
0: in so many years <laughs> thank you costco if you could be the lead singer in any band what band would it be
3: gosh I, i'm a drummer so i would be behind the drum set if i could okay so that you know people don't see me but i must say uh the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl is...
0: Okay, I'm ready for it. I'm going to take a lot of heat here, but I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan, okay? If you want to be a drummer in a big band, let's think Matt Cameron and Pearl Jam, Carter Beaufort and Dave Matthews' band, or a Canadian special icon, Jerry Mercer and April Wine. Like I said, I'm taking heat. I think Dave Grohl's overrated. Yes, he was part of Nirvana, but, you know, I just don't agree with it, okay? <laughs> what is the most expensive thing you've ever broken? a car i think we've all been there done that right yep well everyone except bob Sonder. he's still driving a 92 ford tempo what is something that was cool when you were young but is not cool now large pants unless you're on the plate right you wear your base pants are you trying to go with the skinny jeans or what (laughs)
3: <laughs> I've seen umpires with skinny <laughs> pants and trying to work the plate. Let me tell you, those shin guards don't fit. <laughs>
0: 2015, Senior Nationals, Chatham-Headfield, Philip Lamoureux.
3: Been there, done that, never again.
0: <laughs> okay, since we're talking national championships, what was the official food of the 2019-21U championship?
1: <laughs>
3: I know, it was poutine. Why was that? Well, you know what, you're in Quebec. So, where's poutine from? It's not from Canada, it's from Quebec, and, well, Quebec is part of Canada, totally right, but where it's from in Quebec, that is unclear, like, people will fight over Victoriaville, Drummondville, but the, the, the dish is from Quebec, and, uh, you know, some of the best places to have poutine is in Quebec, and uh, Stéphane Dupont, just before the uh, gold medal game, decided, I'm gonna treat myself to a poutine, and... Uh, We got a good picture out of that with uh, (laughs) the crew surrounding him. Just, you know, we're starving. We want to eat. But there you are eating your poutine in front of us as Stefan made the best out of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't there somebody at that championship that had never had poutine?
3: Oh, that's a crime, I think. That's a crime. I think Uh, you got to call the cops if you've never had poutine, right? I think you know him very well.
0: Uh, the 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 Poutine Police in Canada, I will say, is Trevor Drury out of Outlook, Saskatchewan.
3: Yep. I don't think if you had a poutine after that.
0: <laughs> oh, Trevor likes his poutine. He also likes his pizza. Burns pizza. Well, moving on. We're almost done. But the last section of the show that we like to do is called Local Legends, and essentially you've you've name dropped a few of the people that have provided you some mentorship over the years. But who are some of the people that might be giving back just at the local level that really need a shout-out?
3: So many people to name. Uh, I've named them throughout the show. You know, somebody like Jeff Gauthier would call me Mini-Me. Uh, <laughs> that was his <laughs> nickname for me because uh, I really mimicked what he did and I looked uh, after him. Uh, Jeff Gauthier had a tremendous uh, impact on my career. Uh, Jason Achingame. Uh, a local umpire in Quebec who never made it to the national level, but uh, amazing umpire, he knew the game like nobody else. In and out, uh, Jason gave so many years to the local community baseball. Um, really, really appreciated uh, what he taught me. Uh, Captain Lensey that I mentioned before, she changed my life, and we're still in contact. I see her uh, every uh, every week almost, and we're uh, so um, really, really appreciated what she did for me. She changed my life, as I said. Uh, other names, uh, other people, uh, Stéphane Chrétier, uh, great impact on my life. André Fleury, uh, who gave so many years with his wife, uh, Linda. Uh, he was the head of the umpires in Quebec uh, for many, many years and uh, had many discussions with him uh, over uh, how things work and uh, how to be a better umpire. Uh, Stéphane Dupont, who's still giving back, although he decided to retire a few years ago, came back last year on the field to work in the Canham League, uh, amazing umpire and great 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 technician and knows the game and loves the game a lot and uh, he he loves to give back and uh, we appreciate what he's doing Mm -hmm. here in Quebec and you know all the friends we find and the discussions that we have and even some of the players and the coaches uh they're really uh they they bring the best out of you and uh, some of the conversations you can have with them will just uh, have you improve somebody like Richard Raymond Who's a legend in Quebec, who coached uh, Les Aludes Quebec for many years, coached the national team for a few years. I remember having discussions with him. Uh, you know, Gilles Taillon. Uh, David Cass mentioned Gilles a few, uh, a few podcasts, a, a few episodes ago. Uh, Gilles uh, did it all in baseball. He was Baseball Quebec's president. He was on the Baseball Canada executive. He was an umpire. Uh, really, really appreciated what Gilles did and took the time to do. And uh, gave a lot back to baseball. So uh, those are probably the names that I can uh, mention off the top of my head. And,
0: uh, uh, there's the so many. Side. Every province has so many, and everybody has a story to tell. It's yeah. And we say it here every time. We're really thankful for the people that give back to making this game. to making this. <clears throat> we're really thankful for the people that give back in making baseball the game that it is in Canada. Because without them, we wouldn't be here tonight. I'll let it that more? probably because I always take it like tonight and everything. <clears throat> <coughs> okay, Philip. Okay, Philip. Essentially, that concludes the leading edge. Before we go, we always like to let the guest, you know, part with some wise words of wisdom. So, Philippe Lamoureux from Quebec, what are some wise words of wisdom that you want to pass on to the next generation of umpires?
3: It's a game. Have fun while, while you're on the field, but give all everything you have. Whether you're working local peewee uh, games or at the national level or T12 or any level, have fun, but give everything you have, every pitch, every call, and always try to improve. Always, not second guess, but you know, post-call analysis, as Corey Davis once taught me, think, did I, was I in the right position? I'd be in a better position for that play you know it's always trying to improve but I have fun out of it on the field and off the field also the off the field uh, aspect of it is is so important you know at times you go to nationals and you're like oh I'm going to be learning on the field no I think the most learning I did was off the field you know Going to those dinners, to those late night conversations in the the hotel room with, uh, you know, supervisors around uh, an apple juice and, uh, you know, a bag of chips that's open out there and and watching others work. Also, it's really those opportunities that you have to take and soak it in. And learn from the others to, you know, go to that next step if you want to. And if you want to, you know, stay at a, a lower level or the lower the level you're doing, it's perfectly fine as long as you're having fun. The day you're going to the baseball field and you're going backwards because you're like, no, my daughter is at home and she's telling me, daddy, why are you going? You know, I've had one of my best friends, Rémy Farge, it happened to him a few years ago. His daughter was young and she told him, daddy, why are you leaving me tonight? That's hard. You know, His hard to crush, but he still loves the game. And, you know, but once you you're going backwards to the field, then take a step back and ask yourself, am I still doing this for the right reason? But if you're having fun, go out there and give it all.
0: Well, that concludes this episode of The Leading Edge, where we talk with umpires about umpiring and look to cover topics on both sides of the plate. Join us on our next episode where we bring on baseball Manitoba umpire in chief a man who has been to multiple national championships and the T-12 championship, and a guy that never says no to a slow dance, Ashton Liskey. Now before you go, we would like to leave you with this. There's a common baseball rule myth that people believe if the batter breaks their wrist when swinging, it's a strike. My question is, what happens if they break their leg?
1: Take care, everybody, and stay safe.